keep speaking in there. Just talk random shit and I'll see. Talk random shit, that's me. I'm the man to talk random shit. Aye, pretty much, aye. Speeded up, is that even a, a phrase? Speeded. Speeded. Sped up. Sped up. I would have said yes. sped. Sped yeah. up, yep. It's like and... I'm speaking to the kids again, Derek. That's what I'm, <laughs> no, I'm drinking the now. My new uh... favourite. Pepsi Max Lime. You tried lime? that yet? Oh, no. Derek, honestly, no. mate, it is, it is absolutely fantastic. No. It, it is now it is now my favourite. It's tremendous. Do, do you know like lime flavour flavour no? No really, you've lost the dressing room there. <laughs> You're just saying it because it's green. That's all it is. You're a bigot. <laughs> That's all it is. Don't do green. They can all have moments where they can just boom. Two seconds, he's phoning me back again. Probably something fucking trivial, I bet you. Hello? Yeah. Fucking skies on about. Stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Manchester, place yourself. Rangers are coming! Hi everyone and welcome to the new season, season 9, episode 1 of the iReady podcast. As ever, I'm your host Eric and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? Derek, champion mate, champion. <laughs> how, how long has it been for us to start the podcast as champions? It's been a long time coming, we have all embraced it, it's been absolutely glorious and I'm just pleased that we're back recording and ready for the new season coming up. We've got some big games already coming up very shortly and I'm really looking forward to it, mate. I thought you were going to say how long's it been since we've done the last podcast there. <laughs> I can't remember, that's how long it's been. <laughs> I, th- I think it's been a couple of months, Dave, and, and I think largely due to your holidays again, isn't it? Two two holidays you've been to? I know, I've actually been three, Derek. Sort of one. Well, the sea holidays. Can you can, can you count the United Kingdom as a holiday? Is absolutely, like abso- absolutely, year? yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Derek. I was uh, I was away down to Blackpool last week. As I told you, we had it booked. To, we we always take take the kids down to Blackpool for a few days. Just so happened that we were supposed to be playing Blackpool in the pre-season friendly, but as I say, that had all been arranged before the game had even been announced that I was going down, so I was really looking forward to the going down, watching us playing Blackpool. Unfortunately, it didn't, due to COVID and the, the Blackpool team not, not being able to play, the game didn't go ahead, but still had a fantastic time, Derek, and it was just fully bears because I think they just said, you know what, fuck it, we've got our bus ticket, for the day to go down, so we're still going to go down. So it was glorious weather, and it was just Rangers tops everywhere. It was it was a, a sight to behold, and we had a brilliant time, mate. So, but I'm I'm back now. Still no back back at work. I've still got this this week off, so I'm uh, I'm, I'm just enjoying uh, be, being at home and chilling out, and been looking forward to doing this podcast with you, mate. You've just got a week off, you said. <laughs> <laughs> that's a dangerous. 
That's a dangerous <laughs> thing to say these days, Dave. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, we've got a couple of games to cover. We're changing the way we do the games this season because, you know, Dave, after the two and a half hour epic that was the last episode, <laughs> we can't do that again. And I'm pretty sure it's turning <laughs> listeners off. So we're, we're just going to do brief summaries of the games for now on rather than play by plays. But obviously, before that, we've got a few bits and pieces to cover, a few transfer signings. And to kick it all off, there's no really easy way to. to to kind of do this but obviously we've got to mention the sad passing of former captain and Rangers Hall of Famer Ali Dawson at age just 63 315 appearances across 12 seasons 6 honours in total before our time Dave but reading up and on an absolute gent of the game and a really good player to boot as well It was was just just before my time Derek but I know speaking to members of my family and sort of old, older friends, you know, highly regarded player for the team and, you know, devastating news for his family and for the Rangers family as well, Derek. So as we've said before, the sad passings of other players, our thoughts are with the family and friends as well as, uh, you know, ex-players that, that played alongside him as well. It's a, a sad uh, bit of news, uh, you know, that we got. So can't say much more than that, Derek. No. But obviously, we've got to discuss transfers in and out before we even get into any games, Dave. We had done some deals in January, didn't we? Really, we yeah. got some players in early, so that was um, Wright in and Simpson in as well. Yeah, and not that it was brought in, but the deal was done for the other player for Bournemouth, who I'm sure that you're going to get into with the, the, the problems that he's had also. And I find it difficult to pronounce the guy's name. Is it Imbora? Is that correct, uh, Eric? Namdi Nam Ofobor, I think he's, he's pronounced. Well, well done. Yeah, but I mean, certainly the pre-contract was done. He arrived a few weeks ago, I think it was, and under checks, he's unfortunately, we've uncovered uh, some sort of heart issue with him. So yeah. certainly, I uh, hope everything is okay there. We'll yeah. see how, how that goes. Obviously, after the Euros, what we've seen in the Euros as well with Ericsson for, yeah. for the Danes, it's certainly nothing to take lightly, and no. I'm glad it's, it's been caught in time as well. Exactly, so yes. uh, yeah. all all the best to, to Offerboard there, yeah. and we, we hope recovery. I'm a speedy yeah. recovery. Yes, but the players out. We've got Bongani Zungu. Uh, he's went back to his, his parent club, Amiens. He done a job. Never set the heather light, but I think his copybook was blighted after the COVID issue, wasn't it? Definitely, Derek. You've, you've summed it up perfectly there. Yeah. Another one is George Edmondson. He's transferred to Ipswich Town for an undisclosed fee, thought to be around a million pounds. He had talent. He looked competent yep. when played. Again, I think the the COVID issue probably played a big exactly. part in moving on. Completely, Derek. At the same time, though, when you've got a very settled and regular um, centre back pair, and it was always going to be hard for him to break in, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. And not just that, Derek. When you look at the players that we've got in the wings, also you've got Balogun, you've got Katic coming back, and you know, as you just said, they brought Simpson in also. So it was going to be difficult for him to break in. But as you say, Derek, he did. There was talent there. I think we knew there was a really good player there, but unfortunately, off the field, I think. Uh, Things off the field that you mentioned have maybe uh, speeded up his exit from the club. And the last one I've got here is Greg Stewart. Again, he done a job when asked. I don't think he was given a full run out. Um, no. But when we were playing so well and with a very settled team, again, it's hard to move a settled team. So certainly all the best to the lot of them. And, uh, you know, once a ranger, always a ranger. And, you know, uh, you can't take away their medals as well, can you? So No, you certainly can't, no. No. 
On that note, with the transfers out, very, very surprised there's not been any concrete offers in for, for a few players. Uh, I would have expected a couple to move on by now. I would have expected a confirmed offer for Morelis, especially uh, with Kamara after the, the um, Euros he had as well. Kent as well, there's always been sniffs about him. Uh, Goldson, Tavernier, I'm perfectly happy they're staying. Obviously, delighted they're staying. Um I know there's still a wee bit to go in the window, still another month yet, but um, just kind of surprised there's not been any more movement out yet. Yeah, the whole thing with Morelos, Derek, can we just, can you go back to this time last season and just put in the podcast, you know, just repeat exactly what we've done, just sort of quick copy and paste, because it's just exactly the same as last season. Porto want him, he's definitely leaving, he's not coming back to Rangers. Oh, there's Alfredo Morelos back. <laughs> Rangers scores goals. My favourite player, love up my bits, and then same again this year. It's going to be exactly the same, Derek. We spoke about it tons of times. I'm not going to go over it again. Uh, all, the, all, all of our listeners know my feelings on Alfredo Morelos. I want him to stay. I want him to, to play in the Champions League with us to, to get to the Champions League, and uh, I'm not going to go, go over it again. But no, you're, you're right, Derek. There has been, there's been a few strange rumours about players going out. You mentioned Tav there. I think the strangest one I saw him linked to was Manchester United of all clubs. But <laughs> as I say, I take all these things with a pinch of salt, Derek, but I am, like you, surprised that there hasn't been a few more rumours and stories coming out of uh, teams, you know, trying to buy certain players off us. But like you, absolutely delighted that they're all back and, you know, ready to go, Derek. Yes, we've obviously made a few signings as well. Fashion Sakala, a pre-contract was agreed at the start of May and the Zambian striker is here on a four-year deal. I love the look of this guy already. Always has a smile. He looks hungry. He's fast. He, he speaks in glowing terms about the club. He knows what the history of the club is. It seems I've seen him in a couple of games so far. Granted, the the the, the first league game he was kind of marked out the game. It was a difficult yeah. game all round, but we've seen him against Real Madrid and he was fantastic. Yep, it was Derek. I was lucky enough to be at the that preseason friendly. He certainly looked sharp. Eh? You, you know, he took his goal well, and as you say, absolutely no beaming, uh, smile on the guy's face. His interview after the game was excellent, and you know, he went over how much you know the players. You know, the the players that contacted him before he even signed. I think he, he even said himself, you know, you, you're always a bit concerned when you're joining a new club. You don't know much about the players and things like that, you know, the city that, that you're moving to, but yeah, it sounds as if the, you know, the whole squad has t- totally embraced the guy, uh, you know, he says they contacted him, uh, made him feel really at home, really welcome, and that's, that's massive, I think, Derek, so I just hope, as you say, he was kind of outmarked in the game against Livingston, but Livingston, as we know, a very hard team to, to, to break down, so we'll We'll let him off with that one. I'm sure, you know, he gets more more time on the field. He'll start scoring goals. And certainly, he certainly looks as if he's got something that's going to add to our attack, doesn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And the one that's really exciting me as well is John Lundstrom on a three-year deal. Uh, that, that's an incredible deal because we got him on a Bosman as well. Midfielder who spent the last two seasons with Sheffield United. Um, his first season with Sheffield United was immense, kind of like most of the team. And also, like most of the team as well, his second season was a wee bit disappointing. He was a mainstay in my f- fantasy football team as well that first <laughs> season. So he must have been good because I was uh, amazing that year. <laughs> From what we've seen of him so far, he's going to be a fantastic addition. And dare we say it, maybe the natural successor to Steve Davis. 
Well, Derek, I've spoke, I've got family in Sheffield that are all blades, big blades, and I spoke to uh, my, my second cousin about him just to ask how he got on. Uh, he basically said, just, just like what you've said, Derek, his first season, player of the season at Sheffield United, they thought he was absolutely immense. And then in the second season, the way that he put it was, it was as if he was angling for a move the whole season that he was there. You could just tell that he was desperate to go. Not as effective, but as he said, he couldn't quite believe that we managed to get him on a Bosman. So it sounds to me like we've got a bit of a gem there, Derek. He looks a complete unit, doesn't he? No nonsense midfield, massive guy, great control. Uh, likes to go forward. I'm like you, Derek. I think this is going to be a fantastic signing for us. Absolutely. And the last one I've got here is Jermaine Defoe signs a new one-year deal and he moves into a player-coach role. Absolutely delighted. You could tell with his interviews after we won the title that he just absolutely loves it here. It was his first ever league as well. You've got to remember, you know, he's done it at the top top flight in, in the EPL. Record goal scorer there as well. But trophies, and that's one of the things that lack with a lot of these players in, in the Premiership, is they don't have a lot of trophies because they're with teams who are never going to get there. They might get the odd cup, but that's a fleeting fleeting thing. This guy now has a league trophy under his belt with us. He loves it here, clearly, and you just seen after he won it, it was immense. I'm delighted he's staying. He offers so much in terms of on the park as well. You've you seen that towards the end of the last season. He could come on you know, at, in the last 10 minutes of games and just offer you something different, that really close control, that absolute skill in the, the turn, and Obviously, the the big thing as well with him moving into the, the the coaching role, you've seen that with Morelis last year, how he was coaching him through it. It was seemed to be really good fr- friends with Morelis as well, yeah. helping him through everything. He's going to be a massive a- asset in the coaching sta- in the coaching role. Natural progression, Derek. That's all, all it is. Uh, as you say, his uh, interview after we won the league was my favourite out of all the players that got in- interviewed. I had a lump in my throat. Uh, listening to him, how happy he was, he was really emotional. Couldn't say, you know, he couldn't speak higher of the team, of the fans, of the, you know, the staff around about him. Absolutely de- delighted that he's staying on, Derek. And like you, you know, still a good option for, for us there. You know, God forbid we get any bad injuries. Fantastic guy that we can count on every time. And now, do you say the guys like Sakala coming in? Cedric Kitten settling in his second season. Who better to be a you, you know a coach to help the strikers on than Jermaine Defoe? So absolutely fantastic bit of business for the club. Delighted for him. Yep. So we'll wrap up that section. We'll go down the tunnel and onto the pitch. Oh, uh, before we actually get into any games, uh, the fl- great decision by the club, but flag day has been moved from the first game of the season to the 18th of September against Motherwell. Makes absolute sense. Likely to have a full stadium at that point. Um, it's a symbolic thing anyway, rather than anything really properly meaningful. And hopefully we'll still be top of the league by that point as well. So certainly a good decision by the club there. Yep, fantastic. Yep, and talking of fans, season tickets have sold out once again, over 45,000, still absolutely incredible considering at that point there was still no guarantee that any fans at all were going to get into the the stadium, even at a limited number. Uh, The Orcs, funnily enough, stated that they were on track to selling out, but strangely... (laughs) 
no no figures were given. So <laughs> after the season they've had, after the start they've had, I doubt that very much. Exactly. Yes, I. That's uh, another. Uh, Another job for Hot Hollycom there, as <laughs> much spin as possible. Yes. So, into the pre-season games, we had six pre-season games lined up. Uh, however, we only managed to complete five of them because, obviously, one of the games got called off, which we'll get into, yep. uh, as you've said. But the first game was 5th of July. It was a 1-0 win against Partick Thistle at Fur Hill. I've not got any notes for any of these games because, ultimately, it was all about getting minutes in your legs, ch- yep. trying a few different tactics out here and there, and just building that fitness up for yes. the start of the season. I think this game was was a game of kind of two two separate teams in each half, which a, a lot of the time it was up until the, the yeah. last two games there. Next game was the tenth of July. It was a one 0 loss against Tranmere Rovers at Prenton Park. Now, a lot of people done their dinger about that, but again, it wasn't about the result. It was about the the performance. Again, the, we we changed. I think the full team at half time, bar the keeper, uh, giving players a run out. That's what it's all about, and. I don't care about the results. I used to care when I was younger and kind of naive about what it was all about, but now I, I really don't care until we get to the last game, of course. Exactly. <laughs> I think, Derek, I was the same as you. There was a lot of negative comments. I actually went back. Uh, I was looking through Twitter and stuff like that at the match rundown that, that they did uh, on Rangers' so- social media. It certainly looked as if Rangers had all of the game, had all the ball, had all the chances and it was just it was one of those games that we couldn't score. But as you say, it's a pre-season friendly. Get the players out, get get them playing, and the result didn't matter at that stage. So I'm exactly the same as you there. Yeah. Leading into the next game, though, it was the first game where fans were allowed. Two thousand fans were allowed in. It was it was the seventeenth of July. It was a two-two draw against Arsenal at Ibrox. We played very very well. Um, as much as Arsenal had been poor last season, and I think to a man we all wanted to draw Arsenal in the the Europa League. It's, um, it's towards the later stages. You've seen in this game that they were arguably a step above, and as yeah. they should be with multi-million pound talent on on the field, they were. Past about well, the, the control of the ball was near flawless, and at the same time, though, I felt we were were very good as well, and we more than matched yeah. them. You know, the result kind of again, as much as we've said that it doesn't really matter, but the result kind of shown in that game, and certainly towards the uh, early on, they weren't playing it as a as a friendly because I think I put a tweet out with a, a really bad challenge that one of the one of the guys done as well, so um, they weren't yeah. playing about. No. No, they certainly weren't. Uh, but as, as you say, Derek, it was uh, it was great, uh, you, you know, for us to be playing teams, you know, the high standard as what Arsenal are, you know, and it gives us a real a, a good challenge because although it's pre-season, you do want the players to have a bit of a challenge, don't you, before they start going into the mean, meaningful games. So, no, I was happy with that, Derek. Yep. And then it came the fateful, fateful game where we were due to play Blackpool in Blackpool. However, that was cancelled due to a COVID issue at their end. Absolutely sensible. And Dave, as you said, um, pity you, you missed out on that one. I know. I was gutted, Derek. Apparently, speaking to uh, a woman in the hotel we were staying at who was a big Blackpool fan, Derek, I don't know how true this is, but apparently the Blackpool players had been in Scotland pre-season <laughs> training 
caught COVID in Scotland and came back down to Blackpool and all tested positive. So uh-huh. it's uh, you know that's that's what I got told. But as you say, sensible thing to do. I know there was a lot of people absolutely gutted. I saw a lot of silly things on so- social media of surely Blackpool can put a youth team out, you know, because it's a day for the fans and stuff like that. But you can't do anything like that at all. I, I wouldn't want any of our, our players and getting risked at all for games like that. So no, it was definitely the sensible thing to do. Yep, absolutely. Into the next game, though, we had obviously had a few days break for that. We had 24th of July, that was a Saturday. It was a nil each draw against Brighton Hove Albion at Ibrox. Again, fans were allowed in, 8,500. Shane Duffy was playing as well, and he was apparently cheered at every touch. <laughs> he even taken to Twitter uh, after after the game. He had to try and appease his Celtic fans by saying he wasn't lapping it up and he, was, uh, he, he gave a cheeky wee dig to us, you know. Thanks for the thanks for the title. You know that's all I can say to that one. No, it was get get getting get into in that game, Derek. I watched that one. Uh, you know, it was it was a tough game, but Brighton are a very sort of defensive minded team. Uh, so again, it was good for us to try and uh, break a team down like that. And uh, great to see uh, young lad Kelly in midfield play so well. And uh, you know, I think it was him that actually got marked man of the match in the end. So. You know, it wasn't a victory, but considering the game that we had the next again day after that, I don't think the fans, you know, if they had a chance and a friendly to win one match, it would certainly be the next game after that. Yeah, just on the, the Brighton game as well, I did see a couple of highlights where Lindstrom nearly opened his account with us with an absolute thunder bastard that rocketed off the bar, and apparently Hadji as well, I think he had the ball in the back of the net, however, weirdly, he was a judge to have uh, fouled the, the player right on the edge of the box just before he hit the shot, yeah. which it was never a foul, so yeah. sc- Scottish referees and friendlies as exactly. well. Exactly, eh? shocking, yeah. absolutely shocking. But, as Dave said, the game next was the big one as friendlies go anyway it's only the second time in our history that we've ever played them the first game was I think in the 60s I think we got annihilated as well Um, the Rangers were immense they put the the programme the exact same kind of programme style as what it was in the 60s it was next day 25th of July and we run out 2-1 winners against Real Madrid at Ibrox yes 2-1 winners (laughs) against Real Madrid 12 nearly 13,000 fans were allowed in Dave you and your boy were there as well. Yes. Uh, an incredible performance, completely bossed them. Granted, it was a friendly, but still, when you look at the stats, they had £175 million worth of talent in their starting lineup yep. who had 10 Champions League winners' medals between them. Exactly. So it doesn't matter what it is, considering Celtic got absolutely hammered 6 2 off West Ham the, the, the previous day as well. You look at the, the result we got, that's immense, Dave. I think it's only fair, Dave, sum up the experience since you were there. It was great, Derek. First of all, can I thank a friend of the pod and a man who's been on the pod a few times, uh, Graham Clark, the man that works with Five Stars for fixing myself and my laddie up with the ticket. First of all, fantastic experience to go. Uh, you know, it might be the only time I get to see Real Madrid at Ibrox, Derek. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we're playing them in the Champions League this year. But, uh, you know, uh, I, I couldn't miss out on that opportunity to go and see them. As you say, there was a lot of big names missing, but when you look at the players, my uh, my son is a much more uh, up-to-date with current players, you know, for playing in the league. He was able to tell me the amount of Spanish internationals or other internationals that were playing against us. So we knew it was going to be a very 
difficult match for us. But Rangers were immense, Derek. They were they were fantastic. I've got to say, I thought Ryan Kent was tremendous. Uh, you know, he really ran them ragged, and you know, uh, just a fantastic. Uh, you know, we went one 0 down against them. I thought, well, he, here we go, because we did most of the ball, and it was just one break up up the park. Uh, and the guy scored. Uh, it was a good good goal as well that, that he finished. I thought, here, here we go, they're just going to be able to pick, pick us off whenever they want. But thankfully, that wasn't the case. And, uh, you know, we managed to go win the game by two, two goals to one. And as we alluded to earlier on, Fashion Sakala getting his first goal for the club. But uh, it was it was just a great experience, Derek. And one of the things for me that I, that, that I thought was just the fact to get back into the stadium for me, uh, you know, shivers down my spine when we walked up the stairs and into the, the Sandy Jardin stand. Uh, it was just great to be back. It was a glorious day, and uh, you know the team didn't let us down either. It was it was just a fantastic occasion. Everybody enjoyed themselves. And another positive for the only being 13,000 fans there, Derek, I managed to get home in half an hour, which is never been known <laughs> by Ibrox. It usually takes at least an hour and a half to get out of uh, Ibrox. So that was that was maybe the only positive point when there only been 13,000 fans there. But it was just, just a great occasion, Derek. And as you say, the programme, programme's phenomenal. Uh, my son bought the programme, and as you quite rightly said, in the centre, it's an exact paper replica of when we played them. I think it was 1963, I think it was. Sheer quality, sheer class by the club and uh, a day that I'll remember for a long time. Imagine taking your laddie and no me, Dave. <laughs> Fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm sorry, son. Hey, I'm I've got you a ticket, but I'm taking Derek instead. Aye, that should have been the case. <laughs> to call it a learning experience for him. That's it, aye. How do you deal with disappointment, aye? <laughs> but the thing about it is, is obviously we had lined up the, the Brighton game for the Saturday and then all of a sudden, the next, the very next day, yes. we're playing Real Madrid. And we thought it was a case of, well, we were told that Real Madrid were training in St Andrews, which was part of the reason why we couldn't go there. And it turns out that Real Madrid jetted in that morning to Scotland and it was also them that requested the, the game against us. So yeah. as I put out a tweet, this is the level we are now playing at, largely because we won the league, but largely as well because of who our manager is and yeah. the stance and the, the, the how well we've done in Europe over the last three years. This is the level we're playing at. Get used to it because we're back. Definitely, Derek. And again, go, going back a few, a few years ago, when he got unveiled as our manager, Derek, we all had doubts, but hats off to the board for, for pulling it off. You know, it's uh, the, the opportunities that has brought us, the standard of football it's brought us, the standard of players that has brought us just because of that man. You know, completely hats off to them. It's, it's been fantastic. Yep. Just on note about the friendlies as well and about getting fans in, completely farcical from the Scottish government once again. It, it, no science whatsoever used. They're they're not even doing percentages of capacity of stadium. It was just initially a blanket two thousand fans allowed in. So you could have got two thousand fans in Dumbarton at a two thousand capacity stadium, but yet you were only getting two thousand fans in Ibrox or the Gyrodome, which is fifty and sixty thousand. Absolutely no sense to it whatsoever. Then Celtic applied for more tickets, more fans to be allowed into the their first European game. Ha ha! By the way. Um, <laughs> And they got it granted because the Scottish government were deferring the decision to the Glasgow City Council. 
which is bizarre in itself. It's going against what their policies are. It's going against what the science was. Um, and then gradually our attendance started to creep up and creep up because it was obviously the scene that their error of their ways. So yes. absolutely farcical. We'll see what the, the decision is going to be in the next day or so over opening stadiums back up. It better be full capacity um, come come the 9th or come the 10th, obviously, for the, the next Malmo game. But uh, we'll, we'll see what transpires there. Yeah. But the first game and the only main game we've got to cover is Saturday the 31st of July. It was a 3-0 win against Livingston at Ibrox in the Premiership and 23,000 fans attended as well. Great to see more fans back in the stadium. It can only get better. Comfortable in the end. Comfortable game overall, although it was 1-0 for a large part of the game. It was, Derek. I'm, you know, I, I know you're not going to go into great great de- detail about the game so I won't steal your thunder but no it was uh, uh, it was a, a comfortable game in, in the end and a game that I you know once we took, took the lead in the game I honestly didn't have any worries at all that we weren't going to get away without the three points there so but I'll, I'll let you get into what you have got for the game there Yep. So slightly different, uh, slightly different starting lineup than than we really expected with yeah. McLaughlin and goals: Tavernier, Bassey, Goldson, Balligan, Davis, Kamara, Aribo, Kent, Hadji, and Sakala. Uh, good idea starting Sakala because he's going to be needed for Europe, considering that Roof is is going to be um, suspended. On the subs bench were McGregor, Lundstrom, Itton, Simpson, Patterson, Wright, and Roof. Now we've now gone back to a condensed bench as well. That's part of the rule changes. We're still yeah. apparently allowed to make five substitutions over the three periods, but with a, a, a less bench, which doesn't make sense whatsoever. Uh, no Barisits or Hellander. They're still getting up to speed after coming back later from the Euros. Livingston touched a class from them as well. They gave us a guard of honour when walking onto the park, obviously being yeah. the first game since coming back champions. Minute silence as well for the passing of former captain Ali Dawson impeccably observed as you would expect and the controversial one here there was an applause when the players taking the knee Um, there was a number of boos in the last couple of of friendlies which led to a lot of debate on Twitter about it Tavernier issued a letter explaining the reasons why the players are going back to taking the knee, I'm not going to mince my words about this one you don't have to like the gesture, but honestly, if you can't shut the fuck up for five seconds and respect the players' wishes and the reasons for doing it, then just hand your ticket in to the ticket office because there's plenty of other people who will take it and respect the players' decisions. Fortunately, every fan was impeccable there. Certainly, if there was any booze, completely drowned out there. I just don't understand why it's a debate and the fact that there's still fans out there who claim it's Marxist, claim it's BLM, etc., etc., it's... You can have your views about the political issues about it if you want. That's an entirely different debate. It's not the reason why the players were doing it. After the year we've had with racist abuse to our players, you would think you would take the the, the heed. But fortunately, in this case, the, the the applause drowned out any idiots in our fan base. Yep. Um, very simply, the way I see it is them doing it and us applauding it or, you know, staying silent or whatever is, you know, supporting those players in, in our club that feel that they, you, you know, they want to do it, whether you like it or not. If you are booing, you're basically booing your own team, which is completely disgraceful. That's basically the way I see it. If, if our players feel so strongly enough that they want to do it, then I'll support them 100%. Yep. 
Absolutely. So hopefully we don't need to speak about that again anyway. Oh, I hope not. No. But anyway, an impressive first half from the champions despite being only a goal up. Arguably we should have been a goal or more further ahead after an early flurry, knocking the ball about well, playing with confidence, almost a swagger, and as we should, there were some exquisite touches and passages of play and that's what we'll get with the quality of the squad we've got now with a squad of some fantastic individual talent they've all got the ability to have the moment of magic and that is one of the big things for me we started off with a with a high tempo but after we got the goal on the eighth minute we dropped off but we still controlled the game the goal itself was from Hadji Tavernier with a long free kick from the right into the back post to Hadji lovely control with his left foot to trap it cuts inside and hits it high in the net just lovely individual skill a great assist from Tavernier and you know out, outstanding all round a brilliant finish by Hadji you know he said that uh, you know before the game when he was getting Getting interviewed, asking him what his goals were for this season. The first thing he said was he wanted to try and get as many goals as he'd had assists last year. Certainly got off to a great start. And as you said, Derek, great control, fantastic finish by Hadji. We all know that he's got it in him. Hadji, it's maybe just that uh, inconsistency that he has that he's needing to, uh, you you know, AI are now, but certainly a fantastic start for him and a great start for the, the, the team. Yep. Just unfortunately, though, that Livy started off with uh, an aggressive, aggressive manner, trying to get in our face. But our ability it was more than enough to to match that. Yes. However, that aggression from Livingston it did result in Hadji picking him up an awk with a, a really bad challenge. It really was. Um, he had to go off on the thirtieth minute, despite having uh, trying to run it off. You could see, as I said in the post match, you could see there was on occasion where we were getting the ball forward and where he would normally make the run. He was just checking his run and he just couldn't couldn't move as freely as he would yeah. like. So it's, uh, it turns out that it's, I think it's just only been a wee tweak, and I think he's travelled with the squad as well. So. Hopefully, it's just been a, a re, re kind of wee thing and not, nothing serious. Yes. So, Livingston really offered nothing up front. However, there were a couple of moments where I felt that Balligan and Goldson got mixed up with each other, but others had covered their back. I don't know if it was a lack of communication, just a wee bit of rustiness with the first game back. Um, but, you know, certainly solid enough. Anyway, Bassey was impressive, though, they've got to yep. say, filling in for Marisic. Sakala was slightly off it, but you could see he was there and thereabouts. He was just getting largely, I wouldn't say marked out the game, but certainly there was he was in a crowded box, which was always going to be difficult to break down because they just played with with 11 men behind the ball after they went a goal down. Yeah. Into the second half, though, um, it was another comfortable affair. I wouldn't say it was nervy, but with it only being 1-0 for majority of the half, it's always in the back of your mind that all it takes is one mistake. And I think we were like that the whole of last year when it was only 1-0, that nervousness, because we had seen it in the previous previous season. But I don't know why I was getting it. I don't know if anybody Derek, was. Derek, Derek. I'm 46 years old, mate, and I've been I've been watching Rangers faithfully since I was about 13 years old. It's never going to change. It doesn't matter who the manager is, <laughs> what players we've got. If Rangers are only winning 1-0, we will be sitting there, squeaky bum time, shiting ourselves in case the other team equalises. It's never going to change. 
Last year we looked back, we were comfortable at almost ninety-nine percent of the matches. We were comfortable in games, only winning. You know, we're only winning one 0 We know it hassles at all. It's. I'm afraid, Derek. It's. It's never going to change that way, is it? Well, we're always going to be completely high strung when it comes <laughs> to us having an arrow leading a game. I, I I know what you mean, Dave, about being nervy, but um, it's it's something we shouldn't be because we're in complete control of the yeah. game. We're probing, had a lot of possession, not playing with a lot of urgency. Say, but when we finally put the game to rest and quashed any nerves on the 78th minute when Wright put us 2-0 up with an absolute cracker. It was a driving run from Tavernier on the right at the touchline, gets into the box, the ball was eventually passed to Kent in the box, he turns, tries to shoot, flicks up to the back post to Wright who has a volley under pressure into the back of net, just an absolute sublime goal. Maybe a bit of fortune with a wee flick up there on the deflection but the execution of the volley, outstanding. Yeah. Can't take it away, the actual finish itself, Derek. Absolutely brilliant. Out, outside of the boot, on the volley. Tremendous goal. Really pleased for Wright as well, Derek. A player that I'll, I'll be honest with you, didn't know much about when we signed him. I hadn't you know, hadn't taken much notice of him when he played for Aberdeen, so I wasn't sure exactly what we were begetting, we'd be getting from him. But he certainly looks as if he's grown with confidence every game that he gets for us. And, uh, you know, that strike will do him the world of good also, uh, and just, you know, as you say, delighted with just over 10 minutes to go that we got the second goal and we could all actually relax for a change. Yep, and relax we did because on the 90th minute we went 3-0 up with Roof scoring. He had, only, he had come on on the 70th minute for Sakala, so he'd only be on the park 20 minutes. Davis dinks the ball from the, the right into the middle of the box, knocked away by, by the header, but only to Bassey. The defender sticks a toe in trying to get the ball, but only sends it goal-bound towards Roof, who breaks free and from about six yards he shoots it past the keeper. Um, assist for the, the uh, Livingston defender as well. It was dreadful defending, Derek. I'm not going to. I'm, I'm not going to deny it. David Martindale will have absolute nightmares when he looks back because there was at least two defenders that could have cleared the ball, and I think they, they basically just left it to each other. And Kamar Roof just said thank you very much, and basically just strolled in between both of them and scooped the ball at the back of the net. It was one of the easiest finishes he'll have. Great instinct by him. Uh, Poacher's instinct to get into the right place at the right time and fire the, the ball into the back of the net and uh, you know a great scoreline in, in the end and uh, a great start to the season Absolutely, so 93rd minute, a moment of controversy Bassey gets filled in the corner by a charging in uh, Livingston player the ball gets stuck between Bassey's leg and the Livingston player clearly kicks him in the thigh yep. He was, given, he was given a yellow. It's a straight red every single yeah. day. It didn't oh, even right. look as if he was trying to go for the ball. If that had been Morelos, we wouldn't have heard the oh. end of it, but we've heard absolutely bugger all yeah. about that. Yeah. No, it was a completely Derek. In plain sight of everyone, nothing more can be said that the referee didn't get a great view. It was as clear as day, and as you say, that's, uh, that's a straight red every single day of the week. So, as you said, a, a great result in the end, a good performance. I wouldn't say it was great, but certainly done well starting off the, the season with, a, with yeah. a win as well against a traditionally tricky opponent as well. But what happened later on that night was just absolutely sublime because Celtic travelled to Tynecastle. The Green Brigade also made their way to Tynecastle despite not having any allocation, only to get battered by the Hearts fans and then chased by the police. Celtic won, went 1-0 down, they drew level and then they lost a last-minute goal as well. This is on the back of them going out to Midland in the, the Champions League qualifier. 
winning against Mittyland isn't for everyone, and neither's winning against Hearts, it seems. No, and you, you, could, you just knew it was going to happen, Derek. You knew, I, I, I knew both times that, yeah, especially in Europe, Derek, I don't, I don't care what anyone says, all, all the success that they've had over the last nine years, they have been absolutely rank rotten in Europe. They have been humiliated time and time and time again by teams in Europe. So I was, I was not surprised one bit that they got beat. I thought, I did think though that they would have uh, rallied because of the amount of talk that would be that they were going to Tyne Castle and the, you know they would get beat. I did think that they would win that game because, to be honest with you, Derek, what I saw the game, the highlights, Hearts looked absolutely rank rotten themselves. But going by what I've heard, various reports, it looks to me as if they they they, they ran out of steam uh, very quickly. But I don't want to get get into that, Derek. You know, I really don't like speaking about them that much. But I was not surprised that that happened, and get it right, fucking up one. That's all I can say. <laughs> Three points down already. Fantastic. So yeah. we've we've played one one one, drawn nil, lost nil, scored three. Conceded zero, goal difference plus three, and points three just now. I'm not even going to get into the positions because it's academic at this stage. However, that was the 40th league game on the bounce. We've went undefeated. I think we need Fantastic. to get to, and I think we need to get to game 25 of the league to beat Celtic's record. So a big ask to to go another, I think 24, 25 games undefeated. But you know, certainly this team, you know, the world's their oyster just now, and apparently it's the 20th league game on the bounce. We've been undefeated at Ibrox, first time. Uh, a Rangers team has ever done that absolutely fantastic achievement Derek again keep keep going back even two three seasons ago we would never have dreamt how well that this was going and how well that we were playing but it's just been in dreamland at the moment and it's just brilliant God do you remember when it was achievement getting to three wins in a row Exactly, Derek. I do <laughs> completely, and I can always remember us sitting saying, "Is this it? Are we finally going to get three victories in a row?" And being let down time and time again as well. It looked as if it was never going to happen. We've we've lived it, Derek, and that's what I've said to a lot of Rangers fans out out there. We've lived through all this, so you know, enjoy every single moment, uh, everything that's happening at the moment because it is. It's, it's just it's like being in dreamland. Yep. So the games to come, we've got a, a glut of games that's uh, going to be tough going, but you know this is how we played last season and we played fantastically, just with game after game after yep. game. So we've got tomorrow night, which will be tonight by the time this comes out, Tuesday the 3rd of August, away to Malmo in the Champions League, round three, leg one. It's Massive an 18, game. 1800 game. kickoff. Morelis is out of quarantine, but he didn't travel. Obviously we're missing Kamara and Roof as well because they are suspended ridiculously. Um, it's going to... As you said, it's going to be a massive game. It's uh, one day off, 10 years to the day. Malmo put us out of the Champions League the last time as well. That's just a weird twist of fate, that isn't the last yeah. time we played in the Champions League, it was against Malmo. Yep, that's a bit of a strange one there, Derek. Next game is Saturday the 7th of August, away to Dundee United in the Premiership. That's a 12.30 kickoff. I'm going to miss the game because I've got a family engagement. So Dave, hopefully we'll be doing a post-match pod for you. Yep. yep. Uh, next game... Next game is the return leg, Tuesday the 10th of August at home to Malmo in the Champions League. Uh, round three qualifier, uh, leg two, that's an 8pm 8, 8 kickoff. It was just drawn today, if we get past Malmo, it's either Olympic... Oh, I can never say this first off. Olympiakos. Olympiakos or Ludogorets of Bulgaria. So, yeah. a difficult tie again, either of them. Um but it's probably the best of ties we could have got, I would have said. But there's no, there's no easy ties anymore. No. In 
no, it was it was always going to be a, a difficult draw. Derek, I was just more pleased if if we do manage to get through that it wasn't going to be the likes of Salzburg or again possibly Slavia Prague. Uh, so as you say, certainly winnable ties, all of them, Derek. If we you know if we manage to to do the business and get through to the next round, you know I don't want to tempt fate here. I don't think the Greek football is what it used to be, uh, and certainly I don't think Bulgarian foot football is either. So certainly winnable games, Derek. But let's take it one game at a time. Big game tomorrow. Looking forward to it. I really hope that we go out and set out how how we mean to go on and you know have a really good performance. Next game is Friday the 13th of August of all days at home to Dunfermline. That's in the League Cup round two. That's a 19.30 kickoff. I'm going to miss that game. Also, unfortunately, I've got a prior engagement with the wife. So, uh, Dave, uh, hopefully you'll be mm. watching the game. In. It might be difficult for me, Derek, because I'm working that night. So, it's uh, we may have to try and get something arranged. It maybe a game that we'll both miss, unfortunately. But... Uh, We'll wait and see what happens. You, you, you never know. I might start late or something like that. We'll just, we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. Then it's Saturday the 21st of August, away to Ross County in the Premiership. That's a 1500 kickoff. And then on Sunday the 29th of August, at home to Celtic in the Premiership. That's a 1200 kickoff as well. So that's going to be, that. you know, the, the league might be over by that point as well. If it, oh, man. Just, no, just depending on what happens. I think though in between all these games if we do get past Malmo we'll we'll be playing the the playoff game of the Champions League qualifier so there'll be another couple of games added in there as well so a busy busy month that's the way we like it though keep them coming thick and fast and I'm sure we'll we'll succeed because you know even our second string team is formidable at this point so and I think uh, as you say with the amount of games that are coming up Derek every single one of the players in our Huge squad of players will be getting used at some point, so that's how it's comforting to know that we have so many class players in our ranks, isn't it? Yes. So we'll now go into the classic match. And there it is! The final whistle's gone! Rangers have won the European Cup Winners' Cup! So Dave, you've got a European game to, to go over to, tonight, haven't you? I certainly, uh, to all this talk of, of Europe, Derek, I thought that I would go back. Not too long ago, it's uh, 14 years ago that I'm going back, uh, 2007, uh, where Rangers uh, took on Israeli side Hapoel Tel Aviv in the Europa Round 32. Now, this was the, the uh, home leg for us. We had a very disappointing first leg defeat away. In Israel, when we got beat by two goals to one, but Natural Novo scored away goals counted back then. We thought at that stage that Natural Novo had given us a lifeline when he scored the away goal. Thankfully, we didn't need it because it turned out in the end to be a very comfortable result for us. Uh, Rangers team that night, Alan McGregor, Alan Hutton, David Weir, Bream Hindani, Ian Murray, Barry Ferguson, Gavin Ray, Kevin Thompson, Chris Buck, Chris Boyd and Nacho Novo. On the bench, Charlie Adam, Dado Perso, Stefan Kloss, Sionko, Sibo, McMillan and Perry. And uh, the game start, started off there. It was an early booking for one of the Hapwell defenders after he cynically fouled Chris Buck, who danced past two players. Uh, straight away, they were early booking there, which uh, could, could have put him on a bit of a tightrope. Just after that corner, the Rangers flicked header from Alan Hutton and off the bar. Really unlucky there and the ball was cleared. Rangers were playing down, down the wings 
uh, with Buck looking like our main threat. That was when we, when Buck was really a really good player for us, Derek. I think a lot of players forget how, how well Buck done when he first came into Rangers as a youngster, playing really well. 19th minute, half chance, Alan Hutton again, plays in a great cross for Chris Boyd, but he couldn't get a clean header sent it over the bar. But then on the 24th minute, Rangers did break the deadlock with a fantastic team goal. Watch forward, Wonder. And as far as Kevin Thompson brought it down well. Witnesses was claiming for handball. But on to Noble. Noble flicks the ball over Barry Ferguson! What a finish! No wonder the big smiles on his face. Barry Ferguson rams the ball home and Rangers have the lead. Well, I think Barry Ferguson's groin's OK, but I tell you what, for it. But it's great play. The, the, the two white men found themselves on the one side there. Lovely run in behind from, from Nacho Noble. And Chris Buck fed away. A terrific finish. Chris Buck receives the ball on the right wing. Nacho Noble makes a run to the byline. Buck feeds him the ball down the byline. Noble plays in a low pass to the back of the penalty spot. And there was Barry Ferguson. Strolls in and slams the ball home to make it 1-0 to Rangers. Fantastic team goal, great passing play, excellent goal for Rangers. 26 minute half away with a chance, a low cross and a shot by Barder, but just past the post with the striker sliding in there, just missed it, so really had to watch out for that one. And then another half chance for half well, a shot from outside the box, straight into the arms of Alan McGregor. And then two minutes after that, Rangers got the important second goal. Lucas's. Giving it away, Chris Boyd steps in! Careless, careless, careless in the back from Hapoel Tel Aviv and Rangers make them pay. A lot of the talk before the match was about Chris Boyd. Well, he was a predator there and the predator takes a bite out of Hapoel. Well, it's been coming, haven't there? How many errors of the Hapoel players? I mean, maybe it was handball, I'm not too sure you'll see it here. But Lucas is just, you know, he's so slack anyway. And he got what he deserved. I mean, he hammers it right at Chris Boyd. Probably hits his elbow, does it? But you know what? Chris Boyd's not going to stand in ceremony. Yeah, actually hits his hand. Well, it hits his hand. It's played hard against him. He continued, Duane continued, but Chris Boyd plants it in the net. Well, he, he couldn't get his arm out of the way. It was handball. You wonder if that was in the middle of the pitch it probably been given, but Chris Boyd's not going to stand in ceremony. He's going to put it in the back of the net. That's what he did. Chris Boyd, who scored the goal, it was a poor pass for a half-a-well defender right across the face of his goal. That hit off Chris Boyd, who was running in. He managed to control it and fired a great shot past the goalkeeper to make it 2-0 to Rangers, moving us 3-2 ahead on aggregate. Just before half-time, 41st minute corner to Rangers, Buck sees Ray at the edge of the box, plays the ball to him, and Ray hits a first-time shot, which was cleared off the line. Really unlucky there. Still 2-0 to Rangers. And that's how the first half ran out, with Rangers now in control of the game. Chris Buck being the main man. Superb play from him all the first half. And in the second uh, half, Rangers really were going all out for that third vital goal. Uh, having a lot of the ball, not creating a lot of great chances though, but Barry Ferguson full, uh, pulling the strings there. Uh, then a chance then, Barry Ferguson 1-2 with Dado Purcell who had came on. He shoots from the edge of the box but just wide. But then on the 73rd minute, Rangers put the game and the tie to bed. They got the all-important third goal. Tel Aviv were noisy before the game. And pretty much silence now. Could be silence for good here. Dado Purcell moving forward, Barry Ferguson! 
Hughes go through to the last 16 of the UEFA Cup and Paddy Ferguson next for the second time of the match. The first time he scored twice in a European game for Rangers. Again, Hapwell put their own throat. It was crazy defending there. What I will say is it's a great challenge by Alan Hutton to win the ball. And then Barry Ferguson does well. He cleverly hands out so the ball can be played back when he's not on side. Here you are. It's a poor pass up. Alan Hutton does really well to intercept it. Barry Ferguson sees him straight away. And he's in line there, so he's never offside. Comfortable finish for Barry Ferguson. He deserves it. This fucking hell have been outstanding tonight. Alan Hutton tackles the defender and gets the ball through to Dado Purcell. In the box, he cuts the ball back to Barry Ferguson, who just comes in and passes the ball past the goalkeeper as cool as you like into the back of the net to make it 3-0. Then a controversial sending off of Alan McGregor for an off-the-ball incident on the 74th minute uh, made Rangers have to take Nacho Novo off and bring on Stefan Kloss uh, into the team. But this galvanised Rangers even more as we gave absolutely nothing away in our half. 79th minute, Barry Ferguson picks up a loose ball and drives forward on a fantastic chip through to Dado Purcell, who shoots off his man but blasts the shot straight at the keeper. Really unlucky there, 3-0. And then 85th minute, Hapwell almost score. Corner in, header off the crossbar, but still 3-0. A bit of a let off there. The 93rd minute, as Rangers try and run down some time, it was a Charlie Adam comes on for Chris Burke, but Rangers weren't finished there. 95th minute, a chance for Hapoel as the striker finds space in the box, but drags his shot wide. And then just as the game is about to finish, just in the stroke in the 96th minute. Crucial onto Adam. Adam moving right through the middle. Charlie Adam sends it out wide. Hutton cuts in. Charlie Adam! on BBC2 Charlie Adam wraps in Rangers fourth goal it really was delightful it was a lovely move Rangers break upfield Charlie Adam into the box a 1-2 with Alan Hutton and fires it into the back of the net to make it 4-0 to Rangers and make it 5-2 victory on aggregate an excellent night at Ibrox the noise in the stadium was fantastic and you know it's just always great to get a great uh, European night considering we were getting beat in the first leg so if you get the chance I know a lot of people will remember that one you get a chance to go back please do it's great to see Barry Ferguson scored some great goals as well as Chris Burke as well I mean don't there's no point asking me uh, if I remember the game or not Dave because to quote the great Alan McGregor who got himself <laughs> sent off I can't remember 10 days ago never meant 10 years ago so <laughs> Absolute class for McGregor today, Derek. It really was. I'm in tears of laughter. Everyone's been talking about it. His press conference was just tremendous. It really was. Yeah. I mean, I remember the, the first leg, us travelling out to Israel. None other than Bruce Dickinson was the pilot for that game no, as well. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. Yes. That's about as far back as I remember. I <laughs> uh, can't remember the game at all. But certainly great um, running out 4 0 winners of the, the game. Yep. Completely dominated it, and McGregor getting himself sent off as well. Madness. <laughs> exactly. Never, don't, madness. don't don't change, please. No, definitely not. No. So we'll move now into the news.
So as ever, because obviously with the closed season, we've got a number of things to go over in the news as well. Stuart Robertson has been elected back on the SPFL board. That's the usual two-year cycle yes. with the Celtic CEO. He yeah. gave an interview with RTV as well, slammed the SPFL for having no pathway to the, for the 18 to 21-year-olds. And it was largely up to Rangers to come up with ideas, which resulted ultimately in the B team in the Lowland League. He also slammed the SPFL for underselling Scottish football product with a TV deal. Putting that into context, I, I can't remember if it was him or somebody else that, that said this, but the SPFL get £25 million for 48 league games a season. It's round about £7 million per English Premier League game. So when yeah. you think about we've got four old firm games, which are the main draw in Scotland, it's the only reason why we've got a TV deal as, as big as it is, to be honest, if not at all. An EPL game is £7 million, yet the four biggest games in the world are getting a fraction of that. It's an yep. absolute joke what the SPFL have done. We also appear to be in dispute with the SPFL as well due to the new league sponsorship Cinch. I mean, I've yes. never heard I've never heard of them, but apparently they're a car sales company. And given we've got Douglas Park, then there's obviously a conflict there. Apparently, as part of the the protocol, as part of the agreement, we were to display the na- the cinch name around the stadium as well as have their badge on our sl- shirt sleeve as well, like you've seen with Ladbrokes and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, turns out we never done that at the game. So I don't know if it's a case of Rangers taking a stand because of Douglas Park's interest and there's a conflict there or the fact that, you know, it's such a pittance. Now, putting it into context here, again, the cinch deal is worth £8 million over five years. Oof. £8 million over five years, so it's £1.6 million per year. That's divided by 42 clubs. Each club are earning just shy of £43,000 a year. Absolutely scandalous, Derek. Scandalous. For, for constant sponsorship. I guarantee you, you ask any... You ask Tomkit Tires, for instance, because I think they've actually taken uh, the, the short sleeve and they get advertising around the stadium. I can guarantee you they're paying more than £43,000 a year for that, that place on their shirt. So it's also described as the biggest deal ever the SPFL have got for the, 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 the title sponsorship for the leagues. It's an absolute disgrace. When Rangers have been the ones who have had to organise the B-team structure on their own and get other clubs involved, as well as on their own sell the TV rights to the Scottish football to India, why should we comply with the SPFL rules in regards to this? I would quite happily Rangers pay a fine for this if it meant we're not going to get um, have to advertise this pitiful deal because it's an absolute scandal. It's, uh, the, the, there's not actually been a lot said about it, Derek, the, the full uh, in, in, ins and outs. I'm glad that you brought it up uh, because I was reading about it. There's several r- reports about it. It's still not very clear the full reasons why that they're not doing it, but putting it into context, like you said, it's an absolute pittance to be getting, you know, out between all, all, all the clubs, even the lower, you know, the clubs in the lower leagues, Derek, that's an absolute pittance to, 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 to be paying out also. It's just a, a scandal, and Stuart Robinson's completely correct there. We're selling our products so, so short, uh, you know, that it's, it's just a scandal, and it's it's no wonder that the, the, the Scottish football is in the state that it's in. If that's the type of you know deals that we're getting, absolutely scandalous. 
Yeah. Another thing that's drawn the ire of us is we've changed the way we're doing dealing with the media. We are now charging the media for access, and I quite I think quite rightly so. It's a tiered system. Um, it's up to twenty five thousand pound per year for each outlet, and I think it goes down depending on how much access you want. Some fans are split on it. I have no idea why. Um, why should we provide free access to the media? The media have make a living off us, not the other way around. Like some dinosaurs in the industry have actually claimed that you know we we make out of the the media. The way the media is consumed is completely different from what it was 10, 20, 30 yeah, years ago. Yeah. Journalists no longer find stories. They no longer do the digging. They no longer have the contacts. All they do seem to be doing these days is looking at social media, fan media, and then write about what's been seen there. You have seen time and time again with interviews other Rangers podcasts have got, and they basically just rip sections of that off for their media stories. The irony is that one journalist wrote a slam piece on our decision, and then to view that slam piece, it was hidden behind a paywall. Everything so these these days, Derek, is exactly that. You you, you put the nail on the head. It's all clickbait stories that you've got to go into, either pay for or you know some other sort of advertising thing behind it. It's nothing like it used to be. There's no real journalism in, in football anymore, especially in Scotland. It's become exceptionally lazy. I mean, there's I'm I'm sure, Derek, if you were to make up some sort of story and link Rangers to a player, and it got a lot of likes and a lot of retweets out there it would appear in one of these rags a few hours later. That's, that's how it is just now. So, you know, it's, you're, you're exactly right in, in the way that you say that. It's, it's not like it used to be at all, is it? No, absolutely not. I mean, then you get into the issue of the utter pish they write about us now. You look at the BBC, that's, that's a well-known dispute yeah. that, that's going on there. A good case in point is a day after this announcement, Rangers were, were doing this, Joey Barton, someone who's played less than 15 games for us six years ago, current manager of a team down south was charged with assault. The headline that was written was ex-Rangers player. Yes. Yeah. Nothing to do with us, us at all. Joey Barton is well enough known that if you just say his name, people know who he is, regardless of who he plays for. So there was no need to put ex-Jairs player there, ex-Rangers player or whatever. It's been done time and time again. I'm sure that the same thing yeah. happened with Billy Gilmer, that he was caught in a, a COVID breach or a, a COVID party or something like that, and it was ex-Rangers player. Not yeah. the fact that he was current Chelsea player and a first-teamer getting games in the Champions League for them. You know, it's, it's this kind of shitty reporting that we've had enough of. I don't understand why some fans are upset about this. Please tell me, what do the traditional media give to us that Rangers don't already give to us? Maybe play devil's advocate with maybe a lot of the older, and I mean older generation Rangers fans out there that still buy their newspapers and stuff like that. You know, they maybe see it as, you know, the fact that it's maybe going, you know, they're, 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 they're not going to be. That's the only way that I can see any fans out there being against it that's the, the only thing I've, I, like yourself I've thought and thought about it how you know we've been mistreated by the press for so long that, you, you know we, we must w welcome this and just like you I thought to myself I wonder you know what are the Rangers fans are actually against the, the club doing this and that's the only sort of age group that I could possibly see you know fans of the club that are maybe you know 60, 70 plus that still, you know, traditionally buy the newspaper every morning to read the, the football stories. That's that's the only way that I can see it. I mean, it's if you're looking for a balanced match report, well, 
you're getting somebody's opinion there ultimately you're never getting a balanced report you look at the player ratings they give that's somebody's opinion that's not a balanced their yeah. personal opinion of how that player done if you're looking for a play-by-play well then rangers do that already on their, their website granted yeah. i know what you're talking about the folk who've maybe no got access to, to yes, that but again we're not talking about the masses of people who buy papers because it's not it's a dwindling industry the masses now are changing over to 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 um online um viewing of of their media so you you basically set your stalls up for what is the thing that's trending it's certainly not newspapers it's certainly not traditional media it's more this media so it'll be an interesting one going forward um i know that heart and hand have obviously paid their their dues for it so you know good luck to them with that and yep. It's, it's like David Edgar said, that it's no longer as if the club are doing him a favour, letting in. He's paid for this privilege now, and it's really up to him what he writes. So he could write good, bad, negative, and, you know, he's paid for that privilege. That's the thing. It's not going to stop the negative stories about us. Absolutely not. That's a laid-in thing there with the editors, with the, the people in charge of these papers. And until you weed them out, nothing's going to change. When they stop getting access to, to Stephen Gerrard, you know, STV is a good case in point with some of their shoddy reporting against us. It was ITV at the end of last season that, that went to Rangers or, or were allowed into Ibrox to interview Stephen Gerrard. It wasn't STV. So when the likes of BBC, the head honchos, understand that they're not getting direct access to players or the, the manager anymore who is a world-known name, that's when things will start to change, hopefully. So we'll see see how it goes. Fallout from the title celebrations, Police Scotland investigated the doctored video of the players apparently singing sectarian songs and stating that it was no criminality. James Dornan... Really? Yeah, exactly. James Dornan was not happy with that and he was saying, well, how is it no criminality? So he wrote a a big letter to to Police Scotland and he wanted to know chapter and verse. And Police Scotland issued him a further letter stating that the original video was seen on one of the staff or players' videos and that one online was doctored. He doubled down on it and he still hasn't apologised or taken down the inflammatory tweet like he said he would. He's even locked his account. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. And I believe he's got himself in even more hot water of a few other uh, things as well. So it's on a governmental level here that this absolute bullshit with, with Rangers. Um, I'll, I'll get onto it in a second as well. The Tartan Army goes down to London. They make a mess of of uh, Piccadilly Square. There's a number of rests, a number of bigoted anti-English videos seen, including fighting between themselves, not a peep from those in government that gave us a hard time. Further to that, despite government officials claiming sectarian singing at our celebrations, an FOI request was submitted to Police Scotland for arrest details and there were zero, that's that's right, zero arrests during the course of the day for sectarian related incidents and there was, they've also stated that there was no evidence on CCTV or otherwise regarding sectarian singing, yet no apology from the powers of be in government. This is the problem. It's government officials that are having a go at Rangers and not backing up their claims. And then we're called out and proven wrong about it. They're not apologising for it. This is the government we've got. Government officials, Derek, that are taking a, a personal, you know, making a personal vendetta against the club, which is quite incredible for, for people in such power. You know, to, to, you know, to be coming out and doing that is absolutely farcical. What other country in the world would you get pop politicians, you know, coming out showing their, their, their true colours and showing their pure hatred of a football club? 
it's it's quite incredible. Uh, you know, it's it's laughable. I mean, would you ever see that down in England? Would, would you ever see any members, any prominent members of the Tory party coming out and having a pop at Manchester United, Manchester United fans, just as an example? Of course you wouldn't. Would never happen, Derek. But it's 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 quite it's, it's un- unbelievable. And if you were to speak to, uh, you know, a, a member of parliament in any other country in the world and tell them that you know these uh, pr- prominent politicians or, or, or members of the parliament were coming out and constantly, and it is a constant attack, Derek. They would think that you were lying. You know, they, they, they wouldn't believe that that would actually happen. It's it's quite incredible. We, we've spoken about it umpteen times. I hate speak, speaking about that, man. But it's, it's, it's a constant thing just now. And again, I'm not surprised in the slightest that the bitter little man hasn't came out and issued any kind of, of, of apology against us. It's, it's, it's petty. It's an abuse of power also, Derek. It's, it's, it's disgusting. Yeah, I mean, as well, the former Justice Minister Hamza Youssef, you know, he oh. was one of the one of the main ones that came out yeah. before any investigation had happened and slammed the club for it. Now, in the papers today, he's got himself in some other hot water. And look, I'll, I'll, I'll say this straight away. If what he's claiming turns out to be true, it's absolutely abomination and it should be stopped. However, he's came out in the paper as a government, a senior government official, making claims before any investigation has happened. Yes. So he can't just go on the back of his own investigation. He needs to have due process, and that's the problem. Like with the, the video, if it, we all knew it was bullshit for a start, but if it had turned out to be true and it had happened, yeah, then absolutely there should have been repercussions that happened. But we, we were never given that chance. But we'll see what happens because Rangers apparently have, have taken you know legal action. We'll see what, what happens with that. That'll get kept quiet until the, the due process has happened unlike what what happens with us but yeah exactly next story here rangers were issuing official supporter packages for the new edmondson house 150 pound up front for with you got a few incentives like a welcome pack opportunity to be the first visitor in the museum and name inscribed on the official supporters wall in the museum sold out apparently yes it was asking fans for more money you don't have to buy it I know people hate that excuse, but that that's the reality of it. Rangers are issuing you something with the opportunity to fund the club and be part of it. If you've got the money and want to pay for it, great. If you don't, yep. that's that's great as well. That's exactly. that's fair enough. Yep. Yeah, yep. but certainly I can't wait to see that. It's going to be amazing. It's probably going to be years before we get in because the, the demand is going to be so much for that yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely, yep. Yep. Uh, so if your pal Graham can get us tickets for that, <laughs> <I'll be> <laughs> and I hope to be on your list and know your laddie this time. <laughs> Derek, I can't promise anything, mate. <laughs> <laughs> more improvements to the stadium the full pitch has been relayed with a hybrid pitch as well it looks absolutely fantastic yeah, uh, two, it does. Two, two games in two days and not a blemish on it it looks like as well so um, interesting to see there and it was quite interesting to see the video of the, the pitch getting laid as well it went down straight away it was, it was really cool the machine they had but that's that's just me being the mean nerd but. no it was the, the whole stadium looks spectacular at the moment Derek all the electric scoreboards I'm not quite sure though, Derek. It's the first. Obviously, it's the first time that I've been in the stadium in a long time, just because of the pandemic and stuff like that. It's the first time that I've noticed that the traditional scoreboards uh, behind the goals have actually moved into the corners and are now on big electric scoreboard in the corner. 
uh, of the stadium as well. But certainly, it looks it looks fantastic. It really does. The, the, you can obviously see they've spent a hell of a lot of money. The only gripe that I had, Derek, the only gripe was the fact that the Wi-Fi still shite. <laughs> and I couldn't get a signal inside the stadium. Well, I couldn't, couldn't get anything at all. But apart from that, uh, it was looking absolutely fantastic. Yeah, you've just covered my my the two stories I had there about oh. the, the mid tier boards and the the, the Wi Fi. Okay. So I have heard a few stories about the, the Wi Fi still being a wee bit ropey, but yeah. hopefully it's just your usual teething issues when when it, when it comes to that. And as you said about the scoreboards as well, I'm a bit unsure about them. I don't know if it's just a case of getting used to them or not, but I think just the traditional fan you know has been going to Ibrox for years and years, you automatically just look at that area. To find out what time of the game it is, uh, you know, to see the score line and things like that. And I think it's just something that will be missed. That sort of focal point of the stadium, just for us old farts out there that are, that, that are just used to it. But we are moving with the times, Derek, and, and the stadium did look fantastic. It really did. I thought we were going to give Motherwell our scoreboards again and just use them because I'm pretty sure that's what we done the last time. <laughs> they ended up we are very similar. You never know. They ended up with a very similar set to, to our old ones, like back in the nineties right. when when we moved. Okay. So, um, yeah, next, yep. Next thing here is the under eighteen team have won the league for the third year in a row, which gives them European football as well. Fantastic, considering that it was always Celtic dominating the youth leagues, and more importantly, we see that there's actual path to the first team. So, if some of them crack on, we could have some very good prospects coming up the ranks as well. It is Derek. It's it's also sad to see a lot of the youth players that we had that were just on the verge of breaking into the first team you know there's been a few that have moved, moved away down south and stuff like that but it shows you that the academy is working Derek even for the players that aren't getting you know into the Rangers first team that they're still getting opportunities to move and you know progress their foot, football career so can only be good, good for the future Derek uh, we've already seen a few the young lads playing, especially in the friendlies and stuff, they all look fantastic. Like I think the, the standout was young boy Kelly, who is absolutely brilliant against Brighton. So yeah, good good to see. And the likes of Nathan Patterson, who I'm sure will get a lot of game time this year as well. So certainly ones for, for for the future. So brilliant stuff. Yep. And weirdly that we're doing this, I'm saying this to now, is because it came out today as well. We announced that we've got a share offer with the Tifosi Capital and Advisory Platform, minimum £500 and a maximum of £100,000. Only a certain amount of shares on offer, which we're fully subscribed to. And those who applied for it all found out today if they were successful or not. So certainly a lot of success stories there. It really it was kind of harking back to the, the old generations there of allowing the general fan in on the share action. I yeah. mean, many of them won't be major shareholders. They'll be the minimum uh, you know, deposit of £500. It's pretty steep. That's why the reason I never put into it. But certainly if you can afford it and you were able to do it, it's certainly something that you can say to you know your family, to, to your kids, I own a part of Rangers. And that's, that's what it was always about. And it was such a shame that fans' uh, shares got lost in the problems that happened with us. Definitely, Derek. It's, it is a lot of money, but you know, I'm, I'm sure the, there's a, a lot of people out there are d- delighted you know, that they've been given the opportunity to be able to go and purchase shares like that. I actually know one person, a, a friend of mine that I work with, that sent me his screenshot today showing me the fact that he had his name on it and he had you know, shares there. So... Uh, it's, uh, it's certainly good the fact that the, the, the fans are, are you know potentially get, getting a say in the, in the running of the club as well. So good stuff. Yeah. 
The Championship Trophy also went on tour. It was initially only for MyJR's members at Ibrox, but clearly there was an appetite there. So it went all round the country. I think there's still a few dates left uh, up north, I think it is. £25 for two people, which uh, weirdly drew the ire of the Orcs as well for some reason. They had to slag us off. Oh, he's a skint. He's us charging 25 quid for it. Who the fuck cares what you think? It's in your fucking trophy cabinet, you arseholes. But anyway, um, there was a couple of slots in Falkirk, and I'm actually kind of gutted I never went now. Yeah, no, so saw that as well, Derek. Getting back to, to, to what they're saying, it's an excuse for them to try and convince themselves that we're still skint and we're still having pro- problems. Now, that's, that's all, all it is. But I think just great for the fans out there that, you know, you get a chance to get a, a, a picture with us. We've waited a long time for it, Derek. We really have. And we have been to hell and back again. So for, for everyone that managed to do it, absolutely delighted for you that, that you managed to get your picture taken with it regardless. Yep. Next thing here is Castor released uh, the training range. Absolutely love the blue one, the red one. The white top for me, it's a nope. It's like a corner shop carrier bag from the 90s. It really is. <laughs> the cost. <laughs> The cost though is absolutely extortionate, and I yes. think it was something like thirty-eight pound for the shorts for a training top. Just that people are, are quite right in complaining about the the cost of it. Um, it's, it's, they need to know their audience. They are taking the piss about a, a bit with that one, especially considering there was three training tops there. I think they were all about fifty quid, and then you've got the the flying tops, right? The the abroad tops, and then that's before you get into the the home top, the away top, the third top, yeah. and then what they're they're, they're going to bring bringing out a special one as well so um, on that note though they've released the home and away tops the home one for me is absolutely stunning I love the colour of the badge and the sponsor the gold of it um, the set your limits part of the sponsor though it should have been turfed last season I don't like it at all but that's just me the away one not keen on it at all it looks like a Falkirk top from the 90s <laughs> Derek I went to through to the, the shop uh, through just outside Buchanan Galleries I was not at the start, convinced about the top, the 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 home top, but I bought it for my son, uh, and he's he's worn it a lot. And I must say, it's grown on me and grown on me. I really like it. Down in Blackpool, it's all that I saw, and I was quite annoyed that I didn't get myself one as well. I think the the the, the blue is just ever so slightly sort of sharper looking. It, it, it looks the part. I'm the same as you with the away top. No too keen on, on, on that one or the blue one either, but certainly the, the, the home top has grown on me. But exactly like you said, Derek, Castor aren't stupid. They know that Rangers fans will go out and buy as much as they can and as many things as possible. That's the reason that it's all brought out uh, from them because they will go out and buy it. But there is a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of stuff absolutely cracking. Some other stuff I'm not too, too keen on. But I might... Uh, I might have to treat myself to the, the home top as well, Derek, now that I've it's, it's grown on me. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I mean, 65 quid for the, the home and away top, it is quite steep, but apparently it's, it seems to be the going rate. Now, yeah. the, tra- the training tops, though, Wolves have signed a deal with Castor, and they brought out a training top, which was about £10, £15 cheaper than our training tops, which done the dingers of some folk on, online. Now, I don't understand why, because they're a completely different thing. And apparently Wolves were, were doing some of the part of the manufacturing themselves or something like that, or the distribution. Part of it they were doing on their own rather than Castor. They just designed it or something like that. But the point I made as well is you look at, I think, is it Macron? They're another top manufacturer. 
you looked at their prices or their tops, they do a number of clubs in Scotland. They do all the way, all the way from League Two all the way to the Premiership, and there's a wide ranging uh, price difference for for them as well, depending on who the club is. Some of the dearer tops were actually the League Two tops, not the not the Premiership tops. So it's a, a mixture of everything. Just because yeah. you're the same manufacturer doesn't mean that they, they yeah. are the same cost. That's commercialism for you. And a commercialism thing, uh, you know, a captive audience thing, Castor, if they know that 100,000 people are going to buy a top at £65, they're not going to then charge you £50 for it because that's them doing themselves out of money. And if Rangers are getting a percentage of the top sold as well, well, you're doing the club out of money as well if you're going to complain about that. So it's it's the commercial land we live in. And the thing is, people have said, oh, well, my kids want this, my kids want that. Well, right, I understand that. But Dave, I'm pretty sure you were the same. I never got everything I, I wanted when I was younger. I still don't get everything I want when I'm older as well. And I've got more, a wee bit more money. So that's called life. It's a part of disappointment. It's, you know, you want to do as much as you can, but you have to draw a limit. And if you say no, you say no. Um, that's just my opinion on it. I'm sure other people will have different opinions, but that's the way it is. And I'm sure your daughter, when she gets to about 12 years old, Derek will completely disagree with everything that you just said. <laughs> she, she, she does that and she's three and a half anyway, so... <laughs> And the last story I've got here is Kamal Roof was shortlisted for goal of the season against Liège. It oh. didn't win in the end, which is an absolute travesty. Oh, oh, unbelievable. What annoys me about the clip they shown in that all the they put it online and the only clip they shown was the from the, the, the distant shot. Didn't show how waterlogged the pitch was. Hey. And I'm sh- I'm sure that if they had shown that that uh, how waterlogged the pitch was, it would have been a different story. It wasn't even that. The, the, the fact that he, he basically got the ball in his own box, beat three players and hit the shot as well. You know, you, you, you'll you not see another goal like that ever, which is quite incredible. So I, I was totally t- taken aback a bit, Derek, when I saw that I didn't win. I thought, what, what the hell are they looking for for goal of the season? <laughs> you can't win with that. Quite I mean, incredible. I mean, the eventual winner was a great goal. Don't get me wrong. It was a, I can't remember who it was, but it was an overhead kick from a long cross ball. But we've seen that quite often. You know, we've never seen a goal like like, like Roof's oh. before. And I wouldn't say call me a cynic <laughs> anymore, but you damn well know that Celtic fans were voting for everybody else but that and right. just in their droves because it's the only thing they've got left. But uh, that's a story for another day. So... Man suffers life-threatening stroke after ejaculating during masturbation. Uh, I like <laughs> stroke, can get stroke. A single man, 51, nearly masturbated himself to death after suffering a stroke soon after ejaculating. According to a medical case report published earlier this year in the Journal of Stroke and Cerebrovascular Diseases... <laughs> The 51-year-old Japanese man was said to have been in the habit of pleasuring himself multiple times a day. Unfortunately, he suffered a subarachnoid hemorrhage, a stroke in which the bleeding occurs in the fluid-filled spaces in the brain. I hope it wasn't a type of fluid he was, you know... (laughs) Exactly. That usually occurs during a large amount of physical effort. (laughs) 
the man who prefers not to be identified for obvious reasons immediately suffered intense headaches after climaxing, which later led to vomiting. Despite the sudden symptoms, he was able to check himself into Nyoga City University Hospital in Nyoga, Japan. After doctors took a CT scan of his brain, the results confirmed the man suffered a subarachnoid hemorrhage, which could be life-threatening. Thankfully, he survived the incident and was discharged from hospital within two weeks. Doctors said he left in excellent condition. What do you think he said caused this, you know, this to happen? Do you think that it was completely truthful? Or, or, or do you think he's used some other excuse that this happened to him? What, what do you think? Well, stroking caused him, caused him a stroke. Do you think so? I think so. <laughs> Dirty wee bastard. On that note... <laughs> you're <laughs> the podcast so as ever if you want to check our stuff out you can go to our website which is iReadyPodcast.wordpress.com I have still to update it with about the last 10 episodes but I'll get there at some point I just do not have time Dave it's been a longer podcast than we anticipated so I'll try to get, get it uh, shorter but obviously first episode of the new season we're back a lot to cover and uh, hopefully we'll get them shorter we're, from now on. Yeah, yeah, we, we're trying to streamline it. I, I realise that uh, you know the, the listeners are looking for for, for something a bit uh, shorter from the podcast. We do uh, have we did have a lot to cover tonight, but we are working on that. Just uh, glad to be back, and hopefully you know you can get this downloaded and listen. Let us know what you think, and uh, you know, say well, we're going to be here most most weeks anyway, uh, and try and get it as uh, regularly recorded as we did last season. So, yeah, absolutely. So, Dave, no more holidays. No, that's it, mate. That's it. You know, it's, uh, I think I think the, the the world is against me at the moment, Derek, with the the, the pandemic. Any, anything we think that there's a wee uh, something on the horizon, it gets dashed, and uh, we can't go. So. Uh, Unfortunately, have, it looks as if I'll be staying in the UK for, for for much longer periods than what I'm used to. And you, you know, for me, that's torture. Nah. Oh well. Boohoo. <laughs> 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 so, on that note, thanks for listening and goodbye. Take care, folks. We'll be back soon. Bye bye. And the stadium erupts in red, white, and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go.